This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you days after a quite disappointing loss against bottom of the table, Sheffield United. But to be quite honest with you, it's one of them things where you had to put it to the back of your mind, to the back of your head. You know, one of those things that happen. It happens almost like every season, you know, like when, when we lost to Burnley a couple of seasons ago, when we lost to Norwich as well. You know, we lose to teams that we're not expected to lose to, but at the end of the day, you know, the result doesn't come our way. And it's just one of those things. I'm Billy Grant. I'm sitting here in the virtual joint trying to put the Sheffield United victory to the back of me and trying to look forward to the weekend. We've got a game against Villa. I've got Laney in the house. How are you, Laney? I'm all right, mate. I'm feeling very festive. You're looking very festive, Bill, with your, your Christmas hat on and your and your sleigh bells and your and your kind of like your party party. Is that, is that velvet dinner jacket that you've got on? It's a sort of, you know, it's just got the Brentford badge on it as well. It's like oh, the it's a, oh, oh, sorry, it's a dressing gown. I didn't, I thought, <laughs> sorry, I thought that was a Christmas din- di- dinner jacket. And, uh, uh, no. There you very, go. Very, 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 very festive, though. That's right, actually. Yes. Ho, 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 as they say. So, yes, I'm going to be ho, ho, hoing all along as we go into... Uh, I'll tell you something. Just realised this is the last podcast, the last match before Christmas, isn't it? Hey. Oh, was that? A- <laughs> yeah, I think I think it. I think it, it is, is, isn't it? Because the, the Man City game was cancelled. You know, they cancelled on us, Man City. They had no scared. interest. They were scared. Yeah, they scared were after last year. So scared, they don't want to play us ever again, man. So they're, they're so scared, they've flown off out of the country. They've just gone uh, like everything else. Everything that's happening in Saudi Arabia at the moment. They've gone over there, haven't they, for a, a little bit? For a bit of bit, a bit of bit of cash. <laughs> cash, yeah, <laughs> a bit of world, world, uh, world club championships or whatever. That's it is. right. That's what it's called. So yeah, I hope they enjoy themselves over there. But they've given us a bit of an extra, extra pre-Christmas break, which means that actually, to be honest with you, Laney, I haven't even thought about it now because if they've thrown us into a bit of a tease, technically we we should actually get a, a pre-Christmas podcast out, shouldn't we? We should definitely meet down the pub and have a do something definitely festive 
real rather than virtual. And uh, I have to say thank you very much for Manchester City for not playing us before Christmas because, to be honest with you, we, we don't really want to be playing them at the moment, do we? we? We need a few players back. We'll talk about that in a minute, but this is a very good time not to be playing Manchester City, I'd say. It is a very good time indeed. So anyway, but listen, we've got loads to talk about on this podcast. We've got, the, obviously, we're going to talk about the fans. Listen to what the fans had to say at Sheffield United, um, the Beast fans, and also the Blaze fans. If you check that out on Pride of West. London, it was an extra long 40-minute post-match podcast for a game that we lost, actually. But um, Sheffield United is one of, the, one of the away days. Put your thumbs up for my Sheffield United. Win or lose, proper old-school away day. Had a great day out. Despite the victory, uh, despite the victory for them, the loss for us, like, you know, they brainwashed me saying, we won, we won. I thought, red and white stripes, it's Brentford that won. Oh no, wrong team. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, despite that really good away day, we'll talk about that. So we talked to the fans after the game. Definitely check that out on this podcast, but also check out PrideOfWest.London because the, to be fair, the Sheffield United fans were very respectful to the bees, uh, to Brentford as well. And they, they're almost like really happy. That, 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 that they beat us because they thought oh my god you know we've beaten Brentford this is just really good like you know also we've got JB who's going to give us some more facts and funk we've got B's breakdown giving us some statistical and tactical lowdowns on the Sheffield United game and also looking forward to Villa and we've also got Nilesh from Villains Together who's going to give us the lowdown on Villa but anyway coming back to oh, just Brentford and the terraces and uh, I don't know if people have noticed when we're uh, on the we've got our own little songs Brentford um, you know back in the day and we talk about back in the day a lot we uh, we were one of the sort of most creative teams when it came to actually inventing new songs we used to sit in the pub and we used to sit down and we used to invent songs there was actually a BBC documentary which it's a shame I haven't got a copy of that actually you know it was in the old school days where you had a computer but the computer wasn't like it was now so when you change your computer things didn't seem to transfer but we had a it was a two-part documentary made by a set of characters called the Marx Brothers and we're not talking about sort of Groucho and his other brother there but there's Marx Brothers and they they this documentary where they actually kind of I think they documented us sort of kind of um a part of it you know they followed us back into the season making up the Martin Rowland song which started off in the in the globe back in the day I mean this was I think we're talking about the sort of kind of late 90s I think it was was it late 90s yeah the Martin Rowland song which started there but like I said to you just coming back to that Brentford very good at making up songs and uh, those songs have gone into the anons of history. Um, I'll tell you something. Talking about songs, lady. Um, mm. I don't know where I was recently. I was, uh, I was, I was somewhere, and uh, and they played a they played a song. It might be, it might have even actually been at Sheffield United. Um, and at Sheffield United, all of a sudden they started to play a whole. Oh, me close, don't let me go. Oh, David Essex. Uh, yeah, David Essex, okay. And it just reminded me, I just thought, oh my God, I can't believe that. 30 years ago, do you remember the song that we had to that? Oh, yeah, yes. Worth's good, good, don't, don't let him go. go. Oh, no. Because we la, la, la. all love him and we want you to know. Oh, you know, with the new row roaring, and you know that it's keep on scoring. scoring. So hold. Worth's good, good don't, don't let him go. La, 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 la. la. <laughs> and I just, that was that was that was Lulu, was it? Yeah, that's right. And I, and I just thought, I, I thought, I've not heard that song for like 20, 20 what, 30, 30 plus years. But I thought, you know, again, it was that creativity that you did when you came out with a song. No one else, no one else sang that song at all. We came Holds, up with it. Holdsworth was good. 
Holdsworth was good. We didn't want to let him go with the new road Rory as well. You sort of kind of localize it to your team, you know. And like I said to you, you know, when we when we do our, if you know your history, I think you know we might come up with a few more of these little things that used to come up. But I mean, what a great little song that was. Like I say to you, now interestingly, I bet, a... I bet people are welling up listening to that. <laughs> that, was, that was an emotional. What what voices of angels, the pair of us. Bill. They're, they're welling up and you know, sort of thinking, yeah. my ears, my ears, yeah. my ears please, are bleeding. Yeah, please shut. <laughs> <laughs> that's right but um but just just coming back to songs as well um also recently you know um um for, for us to sort of kind of sort of stamp our sort of mark on on this premier league division you know we we, we always sort of can't back to songs which sort of kind of make people know that we were uh, always lower league you know so you know know, know that they're playing a team that has been recently lower league as well so when we play a team and their fans don't sing we do hear things from fans singing, especially in the West End singing, you're so loud, you sound like all oh, the shot, you know what I'm saying? Which yeah. is one of the songs that we used to sing a long time ago. All the shot was kind of a bit of a rival of ours. It was uh, for, for their, they're down south, they're, uh, they're an army town. Their fans were known to be a little bit rowdy. It has to be said, even though we're talking about in the context, like you know what I'm saying, if they're getting two or 3,000 fans, but because they're from army town, they used to have sort of quite rowdy fans, but you know, Ca- characters. We, characters as we say but as we used to sing as well you're so loud you sound like older shot because as far as we were concerned we were always louder singers than they were and we used to compare anybody that we're going to is that if you could not sing then basically you sound like older shot so we sing that now to when west ham come down or when of course when fulham come down of course and all these other teams come down but what did maybe chuckle? We didn't from... always say the word all the shot, though, did we, Bill? We didn't always say all the shot. And the way that they were referred to were, who were they, what were they referred to as? All the shit. Okay. And, and and not only us, but also other teams used to refer to them as that as well, you know? Yes. And we didn't know that because I didn't know that it was a universal thought that everyone used to refer to them as that until a couple of days ago and I was watching BBC News and I was sitting down there, 6.30 in the morning, watching BBC News. Mike Bushell comes up, talks about the FA Cup, picks it up and he goes to me oh no we got some fa cup news and there's a bit of a shot because all the shit oops and then he just corrected him in all the shot and i went hold on a second my my bushel didn't just say all the shit did he and i wound it back and i thought oh my god he's done so i sent the message out to us that i said i can't believe mike bushel's just said all the shit you know what I'm saying? and my, my wife's going to me she goes why is that so funny and i said you won't get it it's it's, it's, a, it's a football thing it's a brentford thing like you know, we all call them that um, now, I thought it was completely hilarious. I sent it around, everyone's laughing. But the question I'm going to say to you, Laney, is that was it, do you think that this was a, a real error on his behalf? Or do you think, as a Wickham fan, that is he's thinking exactly the same way as what we think when they play all the shot? Possibly, but the guy is a fucking idiot, as far mm. as I'm concerned, in general. And he, so I. I he, I, I, anything that comes out of his mouth, I, I just kind of like, I, I normally turn him over if I'm honest with you. He's, uh, he's just goddamn awful. But yeah, it, it did make me laugh. And you you saw it, Stu Harris saw it as well. Both both put it out on different WhatsApp thingies and we, we, we tweeted it. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's struck a nerve. But uh, uh, yeah, de- deliberate, yeah, well, they are shit, aren't they? So yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's uh, a clear and obvious kind of not an error but yeah he did it on purpose i reckon Bill. clear and obvious error as we say and tell you something talk about clear and obvious errors we're gonna go we're gonna take a little break a break we're gonna come back and then we're gonna talk about a goal that was scored by sheffield united which was hmm, possibly a clear and obvious error by our keeper we'll come back after the break sheffield united away great away day 
not the best match. Goal scored by their player. Some call it a worldie. Some call it a bit of luck. Doesn't really matter. Three points on the bag for United. For me, I've been looking forward to that United game for a while, have to be said. Went down, spent time with my blades, mates, the ones that I go to England with, Reg and Mark. And uh, and I also saw Bram as well. Unfortunately, the scruffs couldn't come because he was up in the hospitality, you know, as they do. You can see how they've gone up in the world, these blades, like, you know what I'm saying? But staying there, you know, I had a great, brilliant day out, brilliant day before and brilliant day afterwards. Even met some characters as well. <laughs> the following day, actually kind of had to go and find a charger for my car. That was my, that was my first car charging experience of nightmare scenario where I thought, oh, I've got to get the car charged. It'll be really easy. And then I found out that Sheffield is not quite equipped with electrical points for cars. And literally everyone's queuing up for the one charger. So of course I'm charging up the car, talk to the guy beside me. Next minute I found out, oh, he's a Brentford fan. So Brentford everywhere as you do. So we started talking about football. So good to, good to chat to you as well. But like I said to you, Sheffield United, great away day but not the greatest match. Tell you what, I'm not even going to talk about this much more. I'm going to go straight over to the fans and see what they had to say straight after the game. It's pretty awful, to be fair. I think um, Sheffield United came at us. They, they, were, they, were, they, were more, they had the more intent. We just lacked any sort of direction or shape. I don't know, it wasn't great. I think they're gonna, always going to struggle with no forward line. Got two got best three strikers in the team out injured, or one obviously out banned, two out injured. It's always going to be difficult. Fought, the defence did well, conceded one free goal, but we got nothing going forwards. One thing I want to say, Wisser straight down the tunnel at the end. Everyone else comes over, Wisser turns around, straight down the tunnel. Few few players I want to see a bit more, more from. Not not too concerned. Oh, no, we're, we're struggling now. I think we're, we're doing injuries and everything. I think, you know, we, we worked hard and everything. But, you know, I think now you can see there's only like four or five of our first choice side out there, really, you know, and you can see the strength in depth. We're struggling a little bit now. Um, I thought Damsgaard played well when he came on. I thought he was really good. KLP struggled. But, you know, disappointing. But what can you say? We move on. In the last 15, 20 minutes looked very promising, especially we were saying when Damsgaard came on. Um, the problem is, as a fan, you're then very frustrated because you're watching them play that, thinking, why can't you do that from the beginning? Like, a lot of us are kind of blaming the injuries and things at the moment, which is valid, that's valid, and there's a very inexperienced team out there, but they've evidently got the quality, they've got the ability, um, so why, why aren't they starting that? I don't know. Whether, yeah, I know it's inconvenient, that's affecting both teams, but there comes a point where we need to, we need to be sharper. We need to be. We need to be punished. Though they played rubbish today, Sheffield. We need to be punishing that. One time they just kicked it out. They didn't know what to do with it, and then we ended up playing it back. If you're playing any other side than a prem, they're punishing the thing like that, and that's what we need to learn to do. Especially if we want to be fighting for the top half of the table. Well, I mean, you know, we've tried our best. We've got so many players out. We've got our first eleven really out, apart from the goalie. I think you know, Jensen is a massive miss. We miss that creativity in midfield. When Damsgaard came on against Brighton, he looked really sharp. When he came on today, he didn't have the same influence. Baptiste, a little bit disappointing for me today. He didn't really get on the ball, didn't really create much. I'd be quite happy against Villa to start with Damsgaard Ooh. and Yarmolet. We, we didn't lack effort, but you know today we just missed maybe that focal point up front. And that's been the story of the season. You know, Against Arsenal, had Tony been playing, I think we would have got a point there. We just missed that. Someone that can hold the ball up when it's played long and bring players into the game. And we, sir, and Malpay, as much as they give us in terms of energy and effort, 
they don't have that same physical presence of winning the ball and holding up and bringing someone in. And we've got so many players missing. You can't, you can't fault, you can't fault the effort. Oh, we're delighted. I mean, we really needed that today. Well, we came back midweek with a bit of spirit, and we've had a terrible, terrible season. And to come back today and get one 0 which nobody predicted being the pub before this game. Do you know what? It is a relief. And, you know, it could have been three, but that shows our lack of confidence. But, oh, I'm sorry, Brentford, but thank God we got three points today. So there you go. Beast fans, Sheffield United fans. And like I said to you, they're obviously very happy, very pleased, because they've got the result against us. A bit out of the blue. But, I mean, as they said, and I'm going to be straight up with you as well, you know, they're right. They said, look, you know, at the end of the day, we wanted it more. And uh, I'm not, we're not faulting Brentford saying that Brentford didn't want it. But, you know, part of the feeling was, and you heard a lot of the fans were a little bit sort of resigned saying, look, you know, we've, we've tried our hardest. We've kind of come to the end of our tether here. We've come to the end of our players. You know, we've put our players out there. But then they were literally running out of players. And, you know, what can you do? You know, there may be a little bit of disappointment with a couple of players out there who probably didn't sort of perform to the levels that they could have done, considering they've now been given an opportunity. You know, but again, sometimes things just don't work out. And, you know, Sheffield United, they desperately, desperately needed a point. And you can see after, you know, after maybe 20 minutes or so, when things were kind of still even Stevens, they could sniff blood and they just went for it. And, you know, they really did. And I think it's really reflective. I mean, if you go to, as we do, whoscore.com, you know, and the five top players... And their ratings are all Sheffield United players, you know what I'm saying? Um, sort of, uh, you know, we've got, you know, what's it, Ahemadich uh, 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 as well, with 7.9, McAtee 7.7, Cameron Archer 7.6, with Fodringham was 7.4, and Jaden Bogle was 7.1, okay? Which was, like I said to you, their top five players in that game as well. You know, talking about the match itself, you know, talking about Sheffield United, their strengths, and they, their team had no significant strengths, okay? Their weaknesses, they're aggressive and they lost possession often. They played with width, favoured long shots, attacked down the left side, and they favoured long balls. And for us, you know, we stole the ball from them, you know, but we were poor at finishing and committed a high number of individual errors. So, you know, it kind of shows how that game paid out. You know, we probably had the chances to do and to put them to bed, but we didn't put them to bed. And at the end of the day, a wonder goal, uh, as Sheffield United fans will tell you, um, because they said to him that he's done a few of those before. Score the goal, which actually basically separated the two sides. It was a bit of a bit annoying as well, because Janel got Janel in the run up to that. He got done. I mean, he got done, right? properly done, and then the ball wasn't probably cleared properly. Then it went out to their player, and then you can argue, was he should he be closed down or shouldn't he do? And, and he sort of saw the gap, and then he went for this shot, or was it a cross? And Flecken just stood there. Now, a lot of people says don't blame Flecken because at the end of the day, no one's gonna no one's gonna stop there as a goal, but. There's an argument is that, you know, was he in the right positioning? You know, should he have come somebody block? I, I don't know, but that, that was a little bit frustrating. And maybe people are using that as an excuse for another stick to beat Flecken with. I mean, I'm just wondering for you, Laney, do you think that, that no chance, Flecken, there's no chance of saving that? What do you think? Well, I'll, let me go one step backwards. I, that was the least surprising upset um i've i can remember i i i i think that that was always going to be uh, a, a defeat with with brentford you know i i i was not shocked or not surprised by that whatsoever because um sheffield united looked tighter and more organized against liverpool in, in midweek 
Um, they they lost that game, but it was a narrow narrower defeat than than what they've what they you know what they've been suffering of late. And you know, it is, this is an excuse. It's just fact that we are in the middle of a injury crisis, and we're fielding a, a, an eleven that really you know it's, it's run out of steam, and it's and it's and it's it's still capable. I mean, we we still created enough chances to get a draw out of that. I think. Um, as they missed, they missed a few chances themselves. I think you know, I think if uh, you know, um, uh, Morpé is, is finds a better finish, he scores, and I think Wiesa shoots straight at the goalkeeper. And if he kind of hits that worse, he probably he, he probably does score. Um, hits it with more power, I, I, and the goal came ridiculously late in the first half. When you know, I don't think anyone was thinking half time was up, but it, it was it was a wonder goal. I don't think. I mean, I spoke last week about Fleck and and how um, he doesn't look capable of keeping many clean sheets. <clears throat> and this was possibly an example of that. However, I, I'm not sure he could do much about it. He didn't really move though. And, and I, as something else I raised last week. He looked static an awful lot. He he he. Instead of diving for the cameras as they say or or putting in um he's quite economical with his his he doesn't like to get his shirt any dirtier than it needs to let's put it that way um he, he won't he won't go for motions and, and and trying to arch his back and try and reach it and sometimes he might reach some of those shots that one i'm not sure he would have done so i'll give james mcatee um the props for the shot but we have seen Flecken of late kind of just be um, uh, his first reaction is to have no reaction if that makes sense he he will he'll watch the shot and he will think that's wide of me I'm not going to die for it um, some you know he might have got they might go in anyway but uh, he just doesn't he doesn't go through the motions and dive and, and <clears throat> make an attempt sometimes so yeah he's static um, uh, and I, I don't know credit where credit's due Sheffield United they they smelt an opportunity, and you know if if that Brentford team turns up at any away Premiership ground and puts in that kind of performance, then they're probably going to lose. Um, we need we need some returning faces. We need some talent to come back because we're you know scraping the barrels is the wrong word. It, it gives the impression that uh, the players that turn out aren't, aren't good enough. They are good enough individually, but collectively. That's that's not a very strong Premiership football team, but we're we're only losing by single goals without jinxing it ahead of inform Aston Villa coming to town. But uh, yeah, it, it I, I wasn't surprised. Let's put it that way. Disappointed, not surprised. Yeah, I mean, and um, just coming back to, I mean, we you know we keep mentioning the injuries. I mean, um, and again, we're not mentioning it because we're not trying to make excuses. But just it's a fact. The injuries that we've got, Brian and Bumo, he he was out. Um, previous match and we knew he's going to be out for this game we at the time we didn't know what the extent of his injury was we know that he had a, a rolled ankle is what we told and we thought you know maybe he might be out for three weeks two weeks four weeks five weeks it's now been known that brandon bumo is seems much more serious than we thought and he's going to be out for it looks like at least three months which means that he's probably not going to be back till march he misses the african cup of nations and uh that's got quite a lot of implications for brentford hasn't it yeah, it has because Brian, you know, we've we've documented it, and others have documented how much Brian and Bumo's has stood up 
um, to the plate after you know missing his striking partner Ivan Tony, and uh, we 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 lent on Ivan. Um, sorry, we lent on uh, Brian at the, at the very beginning, and he scored a couple of penalties, and he was scoring goals and assists. And um, he's a miss. He really is. You know, well, I know we've got Ivan coming back, but it, Brian and Bumo is really maturing into the real deal. So. For him personally, as a player, as a, as a as a as a man, for him to be missing Afcon, it's going to be a massive blow for him. Um, for us, uh, we we're going to miss him for a chunk of that time anyway, but um, it's going to be longer than just that. Um, and obviously, we need to sort of feed him back into the team. So, you know, we we talked last week about the need to go into the transfer window regardless in January whether it's for loan players or whether it's for permanent players to, to sort of push us on um, to that next trajectory, it, it's becoming more and more uh, clear that we, we have to get we have to get uh, premiership ready players into that team, especially out wide. Not quite sure how, how long Shard is out for. Um, you know, ALP's been has been back. Um, he started, you know, we can you know, he didn't didn't really make. You know, he's not putting in the performances that we we need him to. Um, so, Aliekbi, we need to get maybe give him minutes. Um, this, this, we have got options, but they're not they're not Brian and Bumo sized options. So it's a massive miss, Bill. Yeah. So I mean, really, listen, it's one of those things we've got to deal with. Uh, I think for us, and I think for the club. It, again, it's a little bit of a balance of, you know, are we in a catastrophic scenario that, you know, if we're not careful, we could get relegated. And a lot of people that, you know, we're talking to, you know, they're also thinking, oh, my God, you know, this is this is a disaster. You know, we can actually find ourselves in the relegation zone. Again, personally, as you know, I'm always a glass half full person. And even, you know, a couple of seasons ago when, you know, we didn't win those games for two months, I just felt that we we're in the position, the team that we we're in, that we are going to be OK. Yes, this time is slightly different because, you know, a lot of our key players are out and that is a bit of an issue. But, you know, we have to have players to step up to the plate and we've got, you know, we have got good players that potentially could step up to the plate. And I'm just wondering whether or not these players is going to be given their time to shine if they've got more time, you know, Damsgaards, you know, your Keen Lewis Potters, I'm not sure when Shard is back, but I'm sure Shard is back, going to be back before and Bumo is going to be back, if, if you understand what I'm saying, because he's not back till March. But, you know, so we've got these players coming through and, you know, we have got between now and, 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 and sort of the end of May to kind of kind of sort our stuff out. So for me, I'm glass half full sort of saying, even with what we've got at the moment now, I still believe that we haven't got an issue about finishing, what's it, uh, 18th or whatever it may be, which is in the relegation zone. And I think that we we need to not panic and we need to basically buy the players that are right. And if something comes up this uh, December, this January, that's fine. But if somebody doesn't come up this January, you know, I think we just have to kind of ride the surfing wave as it is, Laney. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we're, we're 10 points away from the drop zone. Um, you know, Sheffield United uh, still bottom with eight points. Burnley still still second bottom with eight points and you've got Luton on nine then you've got a jump to Everton with ten points deducted they're, they're, they they seem to have had the shot in the arm having the points deduction There's, it, those those bottom three seem to be sort of cut adrift in relative terms because 
you know, they've only got in 16 games, they've, they've only got eight or nine points. That's half a point per match. That's nowhere near what, what you need for safety. And, you know, we're, we are halfway through the season. Um, it, it, we, we, I, you know, it looks like we're safe. You know, you can't you can't count your chickens and peace. I'm sure there's people going, oh yeah, but what if what if we lose another four on the trot, and what if they all win four on the trot? Well, yeah, that's possible, but it's it's more unlikely than like you know. Some good luck to you. Stick a tenner on it. You know, if if you believe that's going to happen, stick a tenner on it because you're going to end up with a lot of money because it's it's probably not going to happen. In fact, I'll go as far as to say it, it, it ain't going to happen. So, you know, and we, there's enough about us still to, to, to eke out points here and there. And we have got players coming back. We have got the whole of January and we we can push that panic button and bring some loan easy. And I know it's not the Brentford way, but this isn't the Brentford kind of season. This isn't a normal season. I think this is an extraordinary season. And I think we, are, you know, the powers that be will probably will do what it takes. They're not going to risk it. These these people are, are betting professionals. They they would have known what the risks are. You know, let, let's let's be honest with you. You know, apart from Saturday, you know, Sheffield United took three points off of us. But this isn't that wasn't Brentford. That's that's not that's not a Brentford team that we that we're used to. That was a you know a bare bones. You know, so. I say Sheffield United, Burnley and Luton, but Luton have been playing out of their skins of late. They didn't against us and they they probably regretting that performance they put in against us because we were as as weakish in that game um, and, and we, we came out 3-1 winners because they, they kind of tried to park the bus first half. Then we then we went we went a couple up and then they came out of the traps and they, I think if they come out come at us they, they could have scared us on the day they didn't um, then then they've gone close to pulling off something special against uh, Arsenal um, and then they, they they did all right against Man City and uh, I I think you know even when they play well they they lose. And that's not a good sign. So I'd say those bottom three probably stays the bottom three. And regardless of whether we hemorrhage defeats, we're going to be all right. I'm not comfortable with taking taking that for granted, and I'm I'm certainly not counting the chickens, as the the old proverb goes. But uh, I'm I'm not I'm not panicking, and that just. You know the the, the the wins that we've got recently, those three wins on the trot, including the Chelsea one, and and the, the Luton one, they're going to probably be there worth their weight in gold. So yeah, it's it's not great, but you know who'd have thought that all of this would come at once? We were we were smarting from Ivan Tony being missing, but let alone you know Rico and now Brian and Jensen and. You know, Hickey, and it, it, you know, you can run Sharda, and you know, you run through that team, all, all the players that you were kind of jobs, Silver, players that you would thought would step up. And we've only got, a, you know, we've got you know, KLP coming back after injury as well. And it's, it's, it's been really, really bad. And, you know, there are, there are kind of explaining circumstances for all this, but um, we're, we're going to be more than all right. Yeah. Okay. So listen, look, I mean, Laney's obviously looking a bit upbeat there. And we've also got JB, who is always upbeat despite the results. Let's go over to JB to hear what he's got with his facts and his funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to stock it to you one time. Uh, get it. Hello, Jonathan Birchall back again. 
So far, since we joined the Premier League, we've played 92 games. Of the players still on our books, they have scored a total of 116 goals. For the game with Sheffield United, our missing players had contributed 70 or 60% of them. The main absentees being of course Tony with 32, Momo with 20 and Jensen with 8. We hadn't won at Bramble Lane Sheffield since a 2-1 win over 40 years ago, back in the era of Stan Bowles and Chris Kamara, when Francis Joseph and Bob Booker both scored. This period of injuries has though given the opportunity to players in the squad who might not have always had a chance. In Saturday's 20-man squad, only 9 have started more than 20 Premier League games in their career, so a whole 11 of our squad are still very inexperienced in this league. Sunday's visitors, Aston Villa, are currently the best side in the Premier League at home with 8 straight wins, but they sit in 9th place based on a table purely on away results. We sit 9th for home form and 13th for away. With our away game with Manchester City due on the 23rd of December having been postponed some weeks ago, we now enter a period of just 5 Premier League games over 54 days, although there will be one, maybe two FA Cup ties in that time. So at last we appear to be entering a period where many of our missing players are hopefully reaching the end of their time out injured. There you go, JB. More facts, more funk. Funk in the bag. Funk in the house. We're going to be funking in the house later on, but we won't talk about that. We'll move on. Tell you something. We're going we're to funk right off. That's right. We will be later, possibly. The Gowler. Bees breakdown. We talked about this Sheffield United game. We were a little bit disappointed with the result. But at the end of the day, you know, it's one of those things where old school stadium, old school team, old school fans, old school away day and old school rolling your sleeves up, rolling the sleeves up and basically just getting stuck in and trying to get result. And that's exactly what happened at Sheffield United. But we've got stats man, the facts man, the tactical man to actually analyse what went on in that Sheffield United game to see if anything else that we didn't notice, you know what I'm saying, went down. The Gala with B's breakdown is giving us the t statistical and the tactical analysis of the United game and also looking forward to the Villa game. Hey, this is Jacob Galler with B's Breakdown. So I'll try to make this Sheffield review quick because uh, that was definitely one to forget for Brentford fans. Uh, the B's only created 0.66x. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. XG against one of the worst Premier League sides that's averaging over two expected goals against per match. Uh, so a bit disappointing not to score. And even though Brentford held 60% possession, they only completed 70 passes. Then that's just within 20 yards of the opponent's goal. Uh, the Beast also struggled to win aerial duels. They only won 38%. They also failed to win second balls, uh, with Sheffield ending up with 56 ball recoveries. So McAtee's .03 XG chances ended up being the difference. All right, so for that Austin Villa preview, they're currently third in the Premier League, but they're overperforming just a little. Uh, they're actually sixth in expected goal difference, uh, with Brentford surprisingly just above them in fifth. Uh, they've created around the same XG as Brentford at 28.8, but they've scored 35 goals. While the Bees are massively underperforming their XG, they're actually last in the league in the statistics, scoring 7.5 fewer goals than expected. On the other end, Villa are giving up high percentage scoring opportunities, but Martinez has just been exceptional. He's only allowed 20 goals on the season, and he's stopping a high percentage of crosses into the box. Uh, one thing I noticed is that Villa play a very high line, and they also have uh, caught their opponents offside 75 times so far this season. And, and for context, Tottenham are second at uh, 51 times. So uh, that's something to watch out for. And unfortunately, uh, the players that would normally take advantage of this uh, are out injured for Brentford. Uh, and so the other thing of note is that Austin Villa have the best record at home, having won eight out of eight matches at home this season. But their away record is not nearly as impressive, only getting 11 points on eight matches and a minus five goal difference. Uh, so hopefully the Bees can pull one out at the GTEC and, and get back on track here. There you go, Bees breakdown with the analysis. And um, listen... All we can say is we just have to move on. We have to move on. We're, we're almost, let's tell you something, we're almost in 2024. And for me, again, glass half full saying things, you know, that's when, that's when the, that's when the star, the, the star in the sky, the lights, the, the positivity as we move forward from then, because I just, in a way, I can't wait for this year to finish. You know what I'm saying? For our players to have a little bit of a rest, they have a good rest over Christmas. You know, unfortunately, we've got, you know, the Wolves game and we've got a few other games that we have to play, you know, um, but just get them out of the way and let's just get ourselves into the new year. We've got a break just after the FA Cup as well. And we've got another break then. And I think that's going to be getting us back into good stead from then. But now we literally just have to get these games out of the way. And I think a lot of the fans at that Sheffield United game just went, oh, Listen, you know, we lost the game. No big deal. We'll have a good day out, but let's just get these out of the way and let's just move on. But talking about moving on, Aston Villa, um, we're playing them on Saturday and uh, they've moved on quite a bit from uh, when we played them in the championship and when they almost got relegated by Hawkeye in their first season back in the Premier League. In it, Laney? Yeah, they've um, really have kicked up. Well, with our um and uh they've they've uh they've really really done well uh they they they're playing Ollie, Ollie Watkins in his in his in his right position um they've they've got width they've got pace they've got a new style of football that utilizes all of their strengths we we saw what they were capable of up at Villa Park last year when they they, they sort of wiped the floor with us they seem to be doing that on a regular basis. They've just come out from beating Man City and um, and Arsenal 
Um, we are the weakest in that little trilogy, so there's a banana skin there for them. Um, we we know how to play against them. We, our record against Villa's pretty good, but it's pretty good when we we've got our strongest team. I'm, I'm not, you know, I've, we've got a lot to fear on Sunday from from Aston Villa, and um, we're gonna have to be our best. And I, 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 I'm looking forward to it, mate. It's 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 a it's a game that I think we need to get out of the way, as you as you, as you just said. We need to get it out of the way, get on with Christmas. Um, get the Crystal Palace game done and dusted and then we've got FA Cup against Wolves early Jan then we've got a bit of a break until the Forest match that's later on when Ivan Tony returns and we'll, we'll see what happens see where we're at at that stage so yeah two two games to go before the new year Villa is the toughest of those two and um, we have to as I just said we have to be at our very very best but they're in form, and but what what happens? You know, this this division shows you all the time. Just when a team's on a on a good run, normally, you know, but they're they're not at that Man City standard yet. But Man City, are, they're they're wobbling. Arsenal, they they're wobbling, and uh, Aston Villa have reeled them all in. But they've been on a good run, and good runs come to an end. I'm just hoping it's on Sunday, mate. Yeah, I mean, talking about, I mean, last season, you know, they came to Brentford on a good run. Um, I mean, if you speak to Villa fans, they'll say, look, we don't like coming to Brentford because we, we struggle. I mean, in fact, we were their bogey team, even in the championship. They used to talk about it. They said, oh, God, we, first of all, it's like Brentford, who are they? Which is quite funny. Uh, we've got no idea who you are. And then boom, boom, boom. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, it's Brentford. And then they used to hate playing us and we used to beat them literally every time. If not, it was a draw. I think they beat us one time when we were in the championship. I can't remember it exactly i'm not sure exactly when but i'm sure that they beat us just one time but other than that we beat them again and, and then when they came down to us in the, in the premier league the first season again at our place i think we gave them a little bit of a beating there as well they gave us a tonking at that play their, at their place last season which we put our hands up and said fair play villa you are wicked and then you know when they came down to us last season ivan tony put us up in the second half and uh literally they looked like they were going for a uh, another loss at, 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 at new griffin park and then lewis popped up with a couple of minutes to go and equalized and they thought phew here we go we haven't lost to brentford once again so you know I don't believe in historic victories in the fact that, you know, if you've beaten a team 10 times beforehand, you're going to beat them again because it just doesn't necessarily work like that. However, there's also this other thing where there's this psychological thing where if teams come down to your ground thinking we always never do well here, psychologically, they're, they're going into this game not necessarily well prepared. However, saying that they've been they've had a pretty decent European run and they laney. So they're, they're going to be coming yeah. into this game bouncing around, aren't they? They won in Bosnia last night as well. Um, but I think what we're good at, we're, we're good at identifying our opponent's weaknesses and and having the tools to kind of like, you know, to, to, to scratch scratch at those kind of weaknesses and, and, and make the most of it. I just don't think we've got the tools for it this, this at the moment, you know, unless we've got a couple couple coming back, unless we're going to be surprised by by our injury list improving a little bit. Um, we're missing a bit of creativity. Um, we're obviously clearly missing some punch up top. Um, and we've obviously touched upon the keeping a clean sheet issue. So, you know, in all, in all departments where we're not, we're not our best, you know, right back and left back, uh, left wing and right wing, midfield without Jensen is not the same. Um, still the goalkeeper without 
David Raya being there is still not the same. I'm not. I'm not going to put. I'm, this isn't a fleck and pile on. It's just stating the facts, really. You know, we, it's, 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 it's not what it was. Um, we're we're not the Brentford we were last season. So you know, it's we've 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 we are we are shackled in in some. In, well, not in some respects. In in a lot of respects to the reality of of missing so many of our key players. You know, until that until that improves. I, I'm I'm kind of I'm 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 scaling back my expectations. You know, if we if we can finish top half, I think we've witnessed a miracle. Um, and you know, Sunday it's going to be a great game. You know, I think these are going to be two teams that you know uh, that enjoy playing against each other. I just think form this time will probably go Villa's way. Right, okay, so listen, we're going to go over to Nilesh from Villains together. And they're going to give us, or he's going to give us all that. Well, they're all together, but he's, he's not together with them. You know, he's just by himself, you know, but when they're together, they are villains together. Uh, he's going to give us the lowdown on Aston Villa. So here we go. Sunday. It's not Saturday. You know, I always get confused between Saturdays and Sundays when they move the games. But I'm not confused this time because I know that we've got Aston Villa coming down to New Griffin Park. Aston Villa on the back of the European the European jaunts all over the place. I think that half their fans are coming back from Bosnia, I believe. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be all sorts of tiredness and everything like that, you know, jet lag and everything, you know. But there's one fan that is not jet lag. I've got Nilesh from Villains Together. He's here and he's going to give us the lowdown on Villa. Nilesh, how are you? Too bad. How are you? I'm all right, man. Not bad. I'm, I'm relaxed, you know what I'm saying? Not like you, like you've had some sort of kind of frantic European kind of adventures going on, haven't you? We have indeed, yeah, we have indeed, and it's been a, it's been a journey at the moment. It's been a good journey. Yeah, so I hear that. So tell me something before we go into that. All right, we've got to talk about how you got to this European journey. Just give us a quick summary about your last season. Um, well, last season was obviously getting get, getting up the table as, as as quick as we could in terms of the time that we had, um, and then we went on an unbeaten run for a while. Um, and our performances were quite good um, and we all worked really really hard in terms of the, the, the players on the pitch were, were fantastic um, Unai Emery you know he brought one player in last season which was um, uh, Alex Moreno and you know it, it showed that he was he was a bit of quality that we needed um, and we had players that were putting a shift in and really looking to believe started to believe that we could get into Europe you know, and I mean, you said that you have belief that you're going to get into Europe as well. I mean, you know, you, you, it's one of them things where, you know, you had one season when you first started off in the champion in the Premier League from the championship and you almost got relegated. I mean, it was Hawkeye that actually didn't didn't relegate you. It's nothing else. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of you've hung on by tender hooks. But, but all of a sudden, last season, sort of last game of the season, you find yourself in actually kind of getting a European place. How was that? How was that sort of kind of jump to you? It's been amazing, honestly, and it, it shows what a difference a manager can make. You know, when you're looking at where we were and then all of a sudden we're competing to try to get into Europe um, and moving up the table, it's unbelievable. Um, and things, things, thing was, the way we actually played on the pitch was completely different as well. Um, and you can see that in the players and they, they truly wanted to play football. They truly wanted to win games and you could see it and they, 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 they believed in the system that Unai Emery was putting on. So it was a joy to watch, to be honest. And it was really good from a fan's point of view. We could see that we, we are going to do this and we are going to get there. And you, we were looking forward to the sort of season there. You know, you, you're kind of looking forward and you, you're optimistic that, you know, what, we could actually do something there. 
Yeah, yeah, and and again at the beginning of the season, and we will talk about this later. I mean, you smashed Brentford. I mean, I put the score to the back of my mind. It was like other four or five nil. I mean, you were like three nil up before you know before we could even blink two eyes. You know what I'm saying? And that was very early on in the season. I think it was October. At that stage, do you think? Did you actually think we're going to really do something this season, or did you think, oh god, this is a flash in the pan? You know what? At that point, for me, I, I didn't think we were going to be like anywhere near the top four. Um, I thought we'd, we'd be in the top six, um, you know, uh, or thereabouts. So, uh, so, but, you know, our performances have been consistent, uh, especially at home. And I think that's made a difference. And consistency is a key in football for me. You know, looking at all the, the, the top teams, that they have to produce the results constantly um, and perform constantly at a high level. And that's what we were doing. And we weren't dropping our standards. Um, and that's how it's, how it's gone all through this season. Yeah, I mean, and this season, like I said to you, I mean, you've had a good start to the season. You're obviously very happy, you know, and um, you said, you you know, you don't expect yourself to be as high as you are at the moment now. I mean, just, just talk to me about a few of the key matches this season, you know, not necessarily Europe, but also the league matches, which actually gave you a few pointers. I think the key matches, like, if you, we can't um, go away from the Man City match and even the Arsenal match. Uh, I, I, I think any video player would, fan would say. And what uh, happened there? Play better in... <laughs> well, um, against Man City, I think everyone could say you can see that we actually played really, really well against a, a team that are a very good team in the league, one of the best teams in, the, in Europe. Uh, we, well, you could say they are the best team in Europe, um, and we literally boxed them in at times. They couldn't break us down. You know, Man City didn't know how to cope with us. We had over twenty shots on, you know, at the goal. In unbelievable. Um, I mean, we then we went on to play another difficult game, and sometimes you, you get these games where you play well against one top team, and then when you play against another top team like Arsenal, um, you don't really play as well. Uh, but it showed that we had that we had that belief again to to play well. We scored a goal. Uh, don't get me wrong; I don't think we played as well as we did at, against Man City, but we got the job done and we played excellent. And again, Arsenal were struggling to break us down, struggling to find a way through. Um, and that's been the way forward for us for all the way now. Yeah, and, and just to, for people out there who might not know the scores, Villa beat Man City one nil, and they also beat Arsenal one nil as well. Just to just to back up the things that you're saying there as well. I mean, like I said to you, like I said to you, uh, a good, good start to the season there as well. You talked about Unai Emery as well. Um, I'm just going to say to you, I mean, not good enough for Arsenal, but but good enough for Villa. Is is that how you can sum him up? Yeah, I mean. I, do you know what? I, I have to question why was he not good enough for Arsenal? You know, he, he got Arsenal, OK, he got them fifth, he got them to a cup final in in, in Europe. Um, and so it does, a lot of people do question why he wasn't good enough for Arsenal. Was he not given enough time at Arsenal? At Villa here, he, he believes in the project at Villa. He really believes in the project, he believes in the owners. And um, which is why I think he's enjoying himself here at the Villa and, he, and he's able to express himself in in the tactics that he's showing on the, on the pitch yeah yeah and and this season as you said to you i mean obviously very excited i mean are you comfortable with the villa squad this season i mean tell me you know who's good who's playing well who are you excited about and tell me also who do you think could do better um do you know what i mean everybody's been playing well everyone's done their part like i've said uh, for me if i was to put like you know two players that have done really really well um, this season would be consistent for me. Um, it's probably been um, uh, Douglas Luiz and one of your old boys, Ollie Watkins. I mean, of, of late, he's 
not scored as many, but he's been consistent from the start of the season. He's been getting goals for us, which has been massive, massive for us. Um, in the last three or four games, you, you look at um, uh, Martinez, who has been really consistent and solid in goals, so, which has led us not to concede in the, the two league games that we've had against two top teams. Um, people that, you know, if you look at our squad and you look at people that need to probably step up a little bit more now, it is the likes of the ones that are coming up, but they're coming back from injury. So Don Donkers, um, he came on against Arsenal and done very well. But he, he, if he wants to remain in the side and we want to push into the side, he just needs to step up a little bit more. And you know, Matty Cash hasn't been been in the starting starting eleven in the league for the last two games, and he is another person that probably needs to step up as well. Um, but yeah, but I, I also feel that now we look at our, our team and we have games midweek, we have games on the weekend. Um, I think there's there's there needs to be um, possibilities where we bring more players in to cope with the demands of the fixtures. Yeah, and that was our fear as well. You know, if because we were lucky, you know, on the verge, we were probably probably about one one a little bit wins away from getting to Europe last season. But my fear is I didn't want us to go because I didn't think our squad was strong enough, and it's proven this season with the injuries that we got. Literally, I mean, we literally ran out of players to be quite honest with you. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. You talked about Ollie Watkins and XB players. I mean, you've got two XBs in your side. You've got Ollie Watkins and you also got Ezri Konza. I mean, Ezri Konza was blinking. You miss him. He was there for a season. We took the 12, 12 million and then he moved on. But Ollie Watkins is still very much loved by Brentford fans you know when he plays for England Brentford fans switch on they want to see him score they very much love him and just talk to me just briefly about those two players um Enzo Conta has been amazing um hasn't put a foot wrong he's been solid he's been consistent um and you can see that he's, he's actually growing as every season goes gets on he's getting better um he's played right back a few times as well this season and he's done really really well uh, in that position um, so he's, he's been brilliant, brilliant. Obviously, we haven't got Tyro Mings. He's been out all season. So um, Conta's actually stepped up really well. And he, he deserved his England call-up for me. Um, I wish he had played us for England at the time when he got called up as well. But um, I'm sure there's plenty of time for that. But with Ollie Watkins, um, with, Ollie, with Ollie Watkins, you know what? You always know there's a goal in him. And that's the thing. You know, you always believe if Ollie Watkins is in your team, you're going to get some sort of goals from him. Uh, you know whether it's going to be from the corner a header a shot from outside the box there's always a possibility that there's going to be a goal coming from him you know so that's what you believe with Ollie Watkins and that's what he puts into the team and plus he works very hard for the team um, he's a guy that doesn't start running down the channels really good Dean Smith talked very highly of him when he brought him here as well so um, a player that we love to have at our club yeah okay and he's great and talk about dean smith as well dean smith just got a new job at charlotte fc which is uh my mls club that i follow and i was, I was over there in the summer to see them as well so and uh yeah i'll, I'll probably be seeing dean in a in a few months time actually because i'll probably pop over to charlotte at some stage to go and check out how he's doing but that's a separate issue as well there's a little villa brentford charlotte link going on there as well but anyway just um just talking about coming back to this game here as well i just I was coming back to you just quickly do you think Villa will get Champions League this season. It's a bit of a cheeky question. You know what I want to say to you? Football's a funny game and anything can happen. If 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 if, if Leicester are managed to do it, and there's no disrespect to Leicester, there's there's every chance Villa could do that as well. Um and you know, Newcastle did last season, they managed to get into Champions League. Um the way we're playing as a Villa fan, I actually think yes at the moment. You know, we're playing really, really well. If we can keep up with the performances and keep consistent anything can happen 
anything can happen. And last season, I'm just coming to the Brentford game as well. Um, you know, you, I mean, you, you smashed us at your, your ground. I mean, it was just, it was one of those performances where we just literally, we literally just had to put our hand up and go, okay, that's fair enough. We've just, we've just taken an absolute tonking as well from Aston Villa at your place as well, you know, and, uh, but then, you know, in the second half of the season, you know, things were different, you know, down at our place as well. It, you probably don't find it as easy to come to, to New Griffin Park as you do before. I'm just, just, just wondering, just your thoughts in general about Brentford. You know what? Go to Brentford is always a difficult game because you never know what to expect from Brentford, um, and that's the that's the thing. You've got some really real good players there that that can make something out of nothing, um, and and that's the fear when when you when you don't know what to expect. Um, you know when you when you're playing like I don't know, for example, Man City, you know what you can expect from the the likes of Grealish, the likes of Haaland. Um, but when you're playing Brentford, and when they do play well, it's difficult for us to, to, to break you down. Um, so, and these are the games that we kind of need to grind out results as well. Yeah. So yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping that we get result, you know, because um, that's the only way we can keep up keep up top of that league. Yeah, and, and I mean talking about players as well, because obviously we you I mean you, you obviously know, like I said, we've pretty much got almost like a first team of players out, you know, from um, from Rico Henry, you know, to to, to 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 you know, to we've got basically all all sorts of, you know, Collins is out, like you know, Brian and Bumo is out, we've obviously got Ivan Tony who is out, you know, suspended. You know, we've got literally we've almost got 11 first team players out so it's hard to pick up you know a Brentford team now because we were bringing in our kind of not sick I hate to say second string but we're bringing another set of players in to replace those players um uh, you talk about fears of Brentford do you think that this might play into our hands because <laughs> you'll have less intelligence on these players than you would do of the players who are more higher profile and that's the thing you know if you don't know you don't know right and um and then it's and it's the unknown sometimes that brings the fear out in in, in football, um, and and that's the thing. So you know, you mentioned Brian and Bumbo, like he, he's a player. If he was, play, I think he's out for for Sunday's game, isn't he? But um, he's out for if three he was months. Playing, like, I think he's out for three months. Wow. I mean, if he was playing, I think we'd, we'd fear him. He, he's he's a quality player. Gets down the line very well. Um, quick and 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 when he gets the ball into the box, you don't actually know which way he's going to go and where which way he's going to drop that shoulder. So it's a quality player, but um, the other player that I really like at your club is Jensen. I think he's a tidy player. Uh, he's out, really he's, out, he's player. out as well. He's out as well. Oh, is he out as well? Yeah, oh, wow, you're wow, all, wow. You're all out, mate. So, I'm telling you. So I mean, like, this is the I mean, when you when you've got this sort of situation and the people that are coming in, it's really their chance to make a statement. Um, and if they can make a statement, then you know they want it more. Hopefully, uh, but hopefully Villa can stop that from happening uh, and get the job done yeah okay so listen how's the Brentford game going to pan out just tell me how it's going to pan out you've got your players coming down who's going to cause problems and who for us is going to cause problems against you um to be honest I, I, I was going to say gentleman would have caused problems for us but I, I didn't realise he was also injured um obviously knew that the striker that was injured Brian but I didn't realise that Jensen was injured um but for us in terms of um causing problems uh, for you I, I, I think um, uh, Musa Diaby he's a very good player very quick and he's due um, a goal again um, he, um, he hasn't he didn't start a couple of games he started on the uh, in the Europe game yesterday um, but 
he, he, he's a very good player, uh, a player that, that loves a goal. So I think he'll be a threat. And also, um, John McGinn. John McGinn's been fantastic for us. Um, people still forget that we bought him for only like 2.5 million. Um, and he's been fantastic and he's really, really enjoying his football. So he's another person that can really get a goal and he's got, got that the last couple of games. So that, that that's really um, me. And um, obviously, um, you know, you guys had, uh, obviously you haven't got Ivan Tony, which is a plus for us as well, because playing against him, it would have been difficult um, because we know that he can score goals. So, yeah, I mean, looks I'm looking forward to the game. It's going to be a great game. Um, and I think uh, I think I think we'll, we'll we'll get like a a two one win, possibly a three one win. But I, I'm always going to say a Villa win, right? There you go. So score predictions come out a little bit early there as well, which is all good and delicious predicting three. Is it two one or three one? I think it could be two one to be honest. Two me, one. But, okay, it's going for yeah. a tight two one win to the Villa. Which is all good so listen listen been great chatting to you and listen we'll sure catch up with you after the game take care so there you go nilesh villains together very very confident happy totally delighted with what's going down in villain i'm not surprised really i'm um, just just quickly laney before that you'd actually talked about this the weaknesses of aston villa i, I think i'm just going to point them out according to whoscore.com the weaknesses they're they're weak against defending against through ball attacks and also very weak in the air okay um however their strengths uh counter-attacking there is very strong and also they're strong at finishing scoring chances attacking down the wings creating long shot opportunities creating chances using three balls creating chances through individual skill creating scoring chances defending set pieces and protecting the lead they attack through the middle play the offside trap they've got pretty much the same first 11 they play with and they opponents play aggressively against them so uh we've got our work cut out against us haven't we Yes, we have. There are a couple of um, players that are going to be missing. Lucas Dina got he got suspended, and I think either Douglas Louise or Diego Carlos. I think they're going to be missing as well. They both got a fifth booking, so they so they they are going to miss a couple um, of their players. Um, Leon Bailey, he's he's looking a great player at the moment. Um, Babuka Kamara is having a good season. We know about Yuri Tielemans from Leicester. We know all about Ollie Watkins. Um, and then Emiliano Martinez is, you know, World Cup winner with Argentina. They, they've got, you know, they've got players that can come off the bench that just, you know, are great. Jacob Ramsey, you've got Moussa Diaby. You, you know, they, they, they all look through that team and they've got, they, there's threats there. Um, Decore, um, Dendonka, sorry. Um, they, they've got, uh, they've got threats. They're, they're, they've, they've bought well, which is really unlike Aston Villa. They seem to have turned a corner. You know, they're, they're actually building a, a proper strong premiership outfit there. They ain't going down this season, mate, that's for sure. No, no, no. So they're not as well. So, and, and just, just talking about Villa then and just talking about that game itself, because obviously we're both a little bit nervous. Give us, just say, give us a score prediction, Laney. Um, I'll take a point all day long right now. Um, I think they're going to probably beat us 3-1. Oh, I'm going to go for one all to the mighty, mighty Vs, actually. And I'm going to give, give a shout with the Minnesota Swetton here. I want to give a shout to Dean Smith as well, who's taken over as manager of Charlotte FC. He was the team that I obviously support over in the MLS. And I was there in the summer 
And uh, I said, I actually spoke to their last manager, actually not knowing that he's going to get sacked about a month later, you know, so I had a, a good chat with him and all the characters down there. But Dean Smith is well and truly in there now. And it's really interesting talking to the Charlotte people and, and the American people because they don't know too much about Dean Smith. Um, but all, all they know is that they don't know much about his Brentford history. They know about the fact he took Villa up and then he got sort of a couple of teams relegated, you know. Um, and I don't think that's fair because, as you know as well, Dean Smith as well, we, we love Dean Smith. We think he's a great bloke. We think he's a really good manager and he, he did some really good things for Brentford, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, I, I don't, and I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad against him because I, I, I don't think there, there is much, you know, I, 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 whether he was ever going to be the, the manager to take us up. I'm not quite sure, but that, that timing didn't really happen for him because that brilliant transfer window that, that Thomas Frank benefited from, it, it could have been, it could have been Dino, and uh, but he'd gone to, to, to Aston Villa by that stage and he, he took them up through the playoffs. So, you know, I'm not saying he wasn't capable of taking the team up because he, he, he's on his CV, he, he did that. He was, a, he was a really lovely guy. He was a um, good Good man, um, really good coach. No one says a bad word about him, whether they're ex-players or whether they're people that have met him. Um, yeah, it, it, he he held that baton um, at Brentford very well, um, and he, he moved us on to a situation where, you know, with with uh, that the transfer window that, that 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 brought in so many of those great players that you know we became Premiership ready. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll always I'll always thank him for for what he did at Brentford, and uh, yeah, I wish him well for the future, mate. Hundred percent. And I spoke to Dean Smith um, after he left Brentford. You know, I went to the playoff semi final uh, against West Brom as well, and I saw him against that West Brom game, which they won obviously over two legs as well. I went to both the games, and I spoke to him, and he just said to me, "Look, Bill, you know, look at this. Look what I've got here. I've got Grealish, I've got these players. It's just a different level." He goes, "I love Brentford, you know, but you know, this is the different level here. What I've got, and so you know." And and, and and then I went to the playoff final as well. You know, I was doing space, I was doing some stuff for Sky, I was doing some a lot of fan stuff, a lot of fan video stuff. So I literally had a whole access pass. So I literally was everywhere in the press press room on the pitch. And I spoke to him and also a Kelly as well. And he, and he was just so proud because he'd taken his team uh, up. You know, from uh, from the championship to to the Premier League, you know, and I just sort of chatted to him again. So you know, and I, I felt really pleased for him. So um, at Charlotte, you know, there, there was between Dean Smith and Frank Lampard, and I was praying it wasn't going to be Frank. Ooh. You know, and in the end, Dean got the gig. So I was thinking that's great because when I go there next year, we'll have a good little beer with Dean, yeah, and we'll have a, yeah, we'll have a little bit of a chin ray. But anyway, and I so I will say as well, but. You know, I know a lot of Villa. I, I produce a lot of Villa Aston Villa books, and uh, the Villa diehards they're not they're not particularly comfortable with the way it ended for Dino at, uh, at Villa Park. I mean, I know they're they they're, they're kicking on under you know Emery now, but you know they they feel that he he was he was you know literally was Villa till he died. You know, he was a boyhood boyhood fan. His dad was a massive Aston Villa fan part of his family part of his dna and uh yeah he, he didn't do a huge amount wrong there you know so uh, his yeah. name was basically his name wasn't big enough no exactly yeah. exactly that but uh, so, yeah wish him well wish him well wish him well definitely but anyway this is the besotted pride of west london podcast don't forget to buy us a beer besotted.com 
forward slash beer. Don't forget to check out the, that, that, that post-match podcast, Pride of West London. Also subscribe on all good podcast channels and write us a review. And thank you everybody for listening to us, supporting us, buying us a beer and doing whatever. We put the Sheffield United game behind us, but if we if they do stay up, definitely go the next season. It's a wicked away day. But we'll look forward to Villa coming down on Sunday. We've got our Coalfield, Sutton Coalfield Villa posse coming. They come every year. They get out to the Globe. They get down there really early. They go to the pub and they drink there and they're just really friendly. So if you're down the pub, go and check them out. The Villa boys from Sutton Coalfield, Hatchet and crew. They're just actually Last making their... Time- Last time we saw them was in Washington. We like, did, actually. Were, we saw yeah, we in did. our bar we in Washington. We were very, 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 we were feeling very Christmassy that night, weren't we? <laughs> That's right, in the middle of summer. Yeah, they were there. Yeah. They were having a few beers for Santa Claus, uh, their hatchet and crew in in our bar in Washington about three o'clock in the morning, which is all good. But like I said to you, they're making their way back from Bosnia right now as you do. But like I said to you, this is the Pride of West dot London podcast. So don't forget to, uh, we'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you for some beers, but hopefully we'll get some pre Yeah, buy us a beer because we're As we say, get on you bees. Come on, you bees, let's beat them villains. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.